Well, hello everyone and welcome to In The Growth Space where we discover new ways to grow our business, grow our teams and grow ourselves. I'm your host and growth coach, David McGlennon. And I'm really glad you're here. Thanks so much for joining me. And uh, I just wanna give a quick shout out to all of the listeners who are listening quite literally all over the world. I'm actually just kind of blown away by that. I, uh, I recently looked at the stats and we've got people listening, of course, here in the United States, but also Canada, the United Kingdom, and um, a big shout out to our friends in the Bahamas. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I know I've got some downloads in the Bahamas. So thanks so much for joining. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and and uh, share this with a friend and uh, whoever you you might think about um, in this episode because uh, we want to share this message of growth far and wide. Growth really is good. And even though growth is uncomfortable, it's good. And um, in today's episode, um, I'm going to introduce you to a, a new author, uh, a CEO, and a, a woman who's been on a growth journey herself. Her name is Erin Eddy, and, and she's the founder and CEO of a company called So Worth Loving. And that's a lifestyle brand that, that uses apparel and community to bridge pain and shame towards an awareness of self-worth. And while she wouldn't consider herself an expert on anything really in her 12-year journey of observing, learning, and growing in the mission of storytelling, she's developed an understanding that when people are honest and vulnerable in their own stories, it compels others to respond likewise. The So Worth Loving family has grown hundreds of thousands strong in 50 states and over 30 countries. Her work has been featured on CNN and in Oprah Magazine. And on this episode, we, we talk about her journey and, and some of the message of her new book titled So Worth Loving. And, and really, we talk a lot about her own growth journey and, and the lessons that she's learned in, in uh, her journey, her entrepreneurial journey, and, and, and really just life in general. Now, Erin is a woman of faith and she freely shares that. So if there's an area of growth for you uh, in this area, um, I just want to challenge you to lean into that growth space and, and lean into that, that faith aspect and that spiritual aspect of your life. So no matter where you are, though, uh, today's episode is going to inspire you and it's going to encourage you to discover your true value. We were limited in our time on this particular episode, so we are planning a part two in the near future because there was really so much good coming from this conversation. I really, really enjoyed hearing Erin's perspective and um, the lessons that she's learned and, and, and the lessons that she shared in her book. And so I, I don't want to delay getting into this episode, but I'll be back at the end to, to wrap things up. So here's my conversation with Erin Eddy. Well, hey, Aaron, welcome to In the Growth Space. I got to say, I'm so excited to have you on today. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, and uh, we've got so much to, uh, uh, to to talk about, but but welcome. Thank you for having me, David. It's so good to see you on Great. through the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seems like that's what we've been doing lately is that through the screens, you know, all of the, yeah. the interactions been uh, online and virtual, but uh, mm. gosh, you've, you've had quite a growth journey. Um, you mm. know, you're, you're not only a CEO of a company and an entrepreneur, I, I've known you for a long time. And uh, <laughs> through my growth spurts, you've even known me through my growth physical I, I growth spurts. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I do remember your mom chasing you around my mom and dad's house. I think in your <laughs> diaper, and, <Probably>. you know. <laughs> 
so yeah. okay, so for everybody listening, full disclosure here, Aaron and I are cousins. Yeah. Uh, but I, I gotta tell you, I'm so mm. proud of of her and her growth. Um, she is an amazing businesswoman. She's an amazing woman. And um, I, I just, I, I knew when I saw that she was writing a book about her story, her growth story, and, and not only that, but the message that she and her company um, proclaim, I, I think it just is so good for, mm-hmm. for all of our, our, our listeners, for the leaders that, that are listening in. Why don't you go start by telling a little bit about yourself and, you know, then I want to get into the book because there's some really cool parts of the book that I think um, will be really, really neat to to kind of uncover, especially about your growth journey. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm so, yeah, I just love what you do. I love that this is, it's all centered around growth because I have made so many mistakes and have failed so many times. And so it's about it's just about the resiliency of moving forward despite the failures and the struggles and that's definitely part of my journey i so i didn't go to college and i didn't really know like what i wanted to do um i started working for a nonprofit that was a leadership development company in atlanta when i was 21 as an art director well I did all the grunt work and like <laughs> I begged them for a job out of high school. Oh. And uh, then I made my I worked my way up in four years as an art director there. And by the time I was uh, leaving that organization, I had started a company called So Worth Loving, which is a lifestyle clothing brand. And we use apparel to bridge the gap between not talking about our struggles of self-worth and talking about it. And really what that looks like is people sharing their stories on our blog, through our platform different platforms that we have, in addition to caring and wearing the message out in public to remind others and to remind themselves. And so, but that started with me fabric spray painting with cardboard stencils from Hobby Lobby that I duct taped (laughs) together. And I put my home address on my blog. It was a passion project while I was an art director at this nonprofit. And I, I put my home address on my blog. I said, mail me your personal shirt and I'll spray paint that you're worth loving and I'll mail it back to you for free. I did that for eight months before I really went on the journey of starting a lifestyle clothing company. And so that wow. I've owned it for 10 years. It'll be 10 years in March, wow. which is wild. Um, and then that lent me to be able to write and speak and more a part of things like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you've been on some pretty amazing stages. I've watched you from afar on social media. And I'm just so like blown away by the stages that you've been on, mm-hmm. uh, the places that you've gone. Um, I mean, uh, if I remember right, in the bio, you, you you even had some stuff on CNN and 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 Oprah magazine. And oh my gosh, just some yeah. really cool cool stuff. That's really awesome. It's why it's so cool because I'm just a, I'm a you know I'm literally a small girl, four eleven, uh, from a small town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I'll and I will say we could talk about this later, maybe or now, but I'll say being in the South, being you know the size of Polly Pocket and looking like a Polly Pocket <laughs> business and going into business meetings and things like that, that in itself was something that I had to grow in and overcome because mm-hmm. I was. Uh, maybe treated the way that I look versus um, what I'm capable of. And I think anybody listening probably resonates with that to some degree, whether you feel unqualified or you look unqualified. um, I know what that feels like. Well, so let's talk about that for a second. How how did you overcome that? Because first of all, you know, 
all of the reasons that you just talked about, you know, you're, you're small, but, but you, you know, you're a woman in a business world that was predominantly male, male dominated. Mm -hmm. How did you overcome that? And, and I'm sure that imposter syndrome um, came along with that. So talk a little bit about that. How did you overcome that? Uh, Yes. I, you know, I'm so fortunate to have had um, men in leadership that were part of the solution and not contributing to the problem that I think a lot of women feel, um, is, especially in the South too. Because when I when I would do work in larger cities in Chicago and New York and LA and San Diego, I never felt like I was not supposed to be in a room. But for some reason in the South, it lent more to that. Um, well, not for some reason. We, we probably know why, yeah. but um, it lent to that. But I remember being invited to a um, – it was a – entrepreneurial, like kind of like business club in a high rise in Atlanta. And it was predominantly met, it was all men and they have been meeting for seven years and they would do a small thing like Shark Tank and they would have businesses come in and pitch and people give feedback and, you know, analyze their pitch deck and critique it. And then typically the person would leave with um, some form of an investor, but they had only been men for seven years. They never would invite women. And one year they decided to open it up to women. And there was a part of me that was like, I'm not going like, that is just wrong. You know, that like women are just now being invited. And then the other part of me was like, I want to lean in to the awareness now that women can contribute into business. And we have a diff- we can bring another perspective and it's not Absolutely. to squash a male's perspective it's just to bring another one and there's beauty that's why god made man, yes. man and woman Absolutely. and so i decided to walk into that meeting and just instead of feeling shame that i ha- like women haven't been invited into these meetings before to being excited and open mm. and showing why we should be invited more into those rooms and so yes. i think i just kind of took that experience and applied it in other ways when I kept being met with feeling inadequate or unqualified mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. no, like I know that the skill set that I do have and not from an arrogant standpoint, but just confidence that right. I'm skilled in this and I can contribute and yeah. and I'm not going to be needy and try to prove myself. I'm just going to, I'm going to show up in confidence. And that yeah. That was like a lot of inner self-talk because that does not come easy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, and talk a little bit about some of that inner self-talk because I know in your book, and, and I don't know if I mentioned the title yet or not, but your, the title of your book is So Worth Loving. Uh, and actually, um, when this podcast airs, uh, your book will be released tomorrow. So, yay! Yay! <laughs> So cool. That's so cool. I had the opportunity to have an advanced copy, uh, finished it. Um, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to highly recommend it for for people to, to 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 read it and and really I think see their story in it because mm-hmm. we all have a journey of our own growth, yeah. And and we all we all have a story of 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 highs and lows, of failures, of of successes. And I think it's really important, and, and and this is really something I think was really cool about the book is that you weren't afraid to 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 
really kind of dive into the quote unquote failures. And, and I, I don't think that there are such thing as failures. I think there's lessons. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that mm-hmm. there are ways that we can learn about ourselves, learn about um, life. Mm-hmm. But you weren't afraid to, to dive into that and in, into your own lessons. And, and I really appreciated that. And, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated how um, open and authentic you were in the book. And, and I guess one of the things I, I guess I thought about is like, what led you to actually open up like that and, 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 you know, be able to be vulnerable and just like open up mm-hmm. to the world and share your lessons. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it was so worth loving's community was the reason that mm-hmm. I was able to be as vulnerable as I was because I mean, I've since day one, uh, 10 years ago since day one, I remember getting an email from a girl that was wrestling with believing she was worthy of love. And she had shared so vulnerably and so honest Mm. about what she had gone through. And it was such a gift to me to witness somebody's adversity and overcoming. And I see that time and time again again in Mm. So Worth Loving's community. And so I think Mm. by the time when I started going through, you know, well, before I say that, one of my friends told me, they said, I think So Worth Loving was this place of refuge for you because you desired so badly to believe that you were worth loving. And, you know, it was easier for me to encourage and empower other people, but to own it, believe it, and live it out myself was something I wasn't doing. It was something that I thought I was doing just because I owned So Worth Loving, but I was really just um, an advocate for others. And and so, but I wasn't doing my own inner work. And so when, you know, I went through a divorce and then I went through a lot of struggles with my business and almost closing and almost selling and almost giving up. I mean, I was at the end of myself and depressed. Um, It was those stories that I I reminded myself, the people in the So Worth Loving community, how vulnerable they are and how generous they are with their story Mm. and how it's helped so many other people. I just desire that for myself to be able to inspire and not word vomit because I think there's a balance between like just word vomiting your baggage but there's a plate there's a beautiful thing that you can do when you own your story and you share it but it's out of compassion and ownership and grace and um, humility Mm -hmm. and I I just really desired to show that in the book and and I love what you said because I do want anybody that reads it to to read their own story in it and you can read my story and parts of my thoughts but I really hope that you see more of, of maybe your story in it that might give yeah. you courage to be yeah. vulnerable with yourself. Yeah. And that was, I, I, I believe you pulled that off you know, beautifully because I, I mean, as I was reading it, there are parts of it when I look back on my own growth journey. Um, and, and when I looked at, you know, times when I, you know, let myself down, where I failed, when I, um, you know, walked through some hard times and, and I just, um, I, I thought, you know, it was brilliant. So I know a couple of the tools that you used too, and maybe we'll talk about this here in a second, but you, you talk about journaling an awful lot. <laughs> and I love that because, you know, and I know that, you know, traditionally it's so funny because I know I, I work with emerging leaders and in the emerging leader group, I talk about journaling and I, I give them a process for journaling. And, and, um, so many of the guys are like, yeah, journaling, you know, that's for girls. I'm like, no, (laughs) you don't understand. I mean, it really is the ability to take, you know, your thoughts, 
get them, get them, you know, clarity. And, and, and even if you're just writing the, the random thoughts that come down, it's just, there's so much clarity that comes out in that. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that that was one thing that I, I pulled from the book that I think is, is a great tool to be able to help people to really like process and process their story. Um, yeah. You know, one of the parts that I think you talked about and in, and if I'm remembering right, the journal, it's a journaling part, but it's, but you're talking about disciplining your thoughts. And, and I know, I mean, I talk about, you know, our thoughts become our, our world. And so mm-hmm. how yeah. did that discipline of your thoughts, I mean, how important was that for you just really in your growth journey as you were growing through some mm-hmm. of the struggles that you, you went through? Oh, the discipline of your thoughts. That is so hard, especially if you're a feeler. Mm-hmm. If you're not a feeler, you can just compartmentalize, but I don't know yeah. if that's actually still being disciplined in your right. thoughts. You just yeah. are uh, maybe apathetic to your feelings. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> there's either you feel too much or you're apathetic to feeling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. finding the balance between the two is hard. I, journaling for me gained, um, definitely g- gave me clarity, but it all, and it also gave me ownership of my feelings and my yeah. thoughts. So then I could could discipline them. And I think mm-hmm. that's what journaling does. It's it's when you are able to express on paper in a pen form, or if you yes. want to type it, because even if you type it, I for a while I typed before I would write. And sometimes I'd write before I would type. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the point is to just get it out of you. It, yeah. The point is to get your thoughts out in front of you. And so when I started writing stuff, I started recognizing how I may think these things, but I'm but I'm, but it doesn't mean that they're true. Mm. And I think mm, sometimes yeah, we good. get scared to write things down because we're scared that if we express what we are thinking, we're going to confirm that it's true. And that's, uh, yeah. that's not true. Right. <laughs> that's not <Right>. true. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And so you're able to like create a discipline around, you're able to look at it and recognize it and see it in the mirror. I think yeah. journaling is seeing it in the mirror and going, I need, I I know that that's not true about me. Mm-hmm. What are some things that I can do in my daily life and people that I can surround myself with that yeah. will confirm what is the truth? And that yeah. in itself, I think, is the beginning of disciplining your thoughts. And that's what got me out of such a really, 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 really dark headspace mm-hmm. um, was yeah. just being honest. And and also prayer. I, I mean, mm-hmm. prayer was – I recognized that I was very angry at God. Yeah. I was very um, – I was very with like drawn from him. I was skeptical. I defied him. I just didn't yeah. think he wanted anything to do with my thoughts and my feelings. And so when I started journaling and being honest with myself, then I started giving my thing, my thoughts to him and being like, well, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And, and it was almost in like a, I almost had this like entitled, not entitlement, but just like an attitude. That's just where my heart was. It was just like, sure. I mean, what do you think? What are you going to do about it? Like yeah, you yeah. see all this mess. What are you going to do, yeah. Lord? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. And, <laughs> and he's so confident that he's yeah. like, I'm going to love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got big shoulders, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. he can carry it. He can totally carry it. But, yeah. um, but and if you That's don't believe so cool. in God and you're listening to like just – the, there is beauty in in yeah. writing down and, and looking at your thoughts in the mirror. Yeah, well, and and I know that it helps to, you know, I talk to to leaders all the time uh, in business and in, in organizations that they they really don't know how to process their emotions and they don't and and I think that journaling is one of the best ways to process your emotions. Yeah, I, at least it has been for me anyway. I, I it's been my experience. Like if I have strong emotions. 
if I can just take some time and go journal it, that helps me to just kind of like keep things, um, you know, a little bit more clear. And, and it's like, and I love what you said that, um, you know, it doesn't mean that it's true. Just because I'm writing yeah. it down doesn't mean that it's true. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's so, so important. It was a point in your book that I, I literally laughed out loud. I got to tell you this. this is so funny know. Because you said something. Anyway, actually, I, I have it. Yeah, pull because, it up, read it. Yeah, you said, I used to be a hot-tempered little sucker. And I was just like, that is so true. Because for those of you, who are, I already said, you know, I've known her for since her whole life, since she was in her mama's tummy. And uh, she was a hot tempered little sucker. But I love that. I mean, but it's so honest, man. And, and, and it's so funny, too, because I resonated with that. Like, I know when I was a teenager and even like preteen, man, I was so angry. I, oh, I would get, I would yes. get so ticked off so fast <laughs> and like, I, I didn't know how to process that. And so I think that like just being able to process that, but being honest with your, your emotions, I think that's <laughs> kind of where I was going with this is that yes. it's just so good to be able to be honest with your emotions mm-hmm. and recognize just because I'm feeling that doesn't mean yeah. necessarily that, that, that like this means that, you know? Yes. Yes. And and when you're honest, I think that you actually, you take them, you take authority over what shame wants to make you feel, which is to be Mm -hmm. in like this like secret spot of like shame wants to make you feel just isolated, alone and incapable. And so when we're not honest with our feelings, we do have a code of shame. And then when we become honest with our feelings, we have another layer of shame. Like then we're like, oh my gosh, like I feel ashamed that I was this way, but then mm-hmm. you can walk. It's just the it's the journey to healing and yeah, the yeah. journey of growing is is yeah. just facing those those feelings. Oh my gosh, I was such a hot tempered little sucker, and I was so <laughs> opinionated. Like I was so, and I still am. But probably <laughs> I just learned how to control it. I guess yeah. engage it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. I could, yeah. It's just so, I just I, love that you know that about me too. I know. <laughs> I just, I flashed back and just I'm like, oh my gosh, it was so, I, I mean, it was funny for me, but I know watching your mom, she was like, she was not having, uh, having any fun. No, no, no. Oh, oh gosh, no. But, you know, as I thought about it though, I think I was that hot tempered little sucker for your mom. You know, I was like, I was like her precursor, you know, cause I would like come in and jump on her and, you know, when she was a teenager, you know, wake her up at noon or something like that. So. That's so good. <laughs> uh, it runs in the family. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh man. <laughs> well, so how, how did you, you know, talking about emotions for a minute, because I think yeah. that, you know, a lot of leaders think that they have to compartmentalize their emotions and, mm-hmm. and they have to like ignore them. You know, what do you say to that? What do you, how do you, you know, yeah, I guess, what do you say to that? Yeah. I have some thoughts. Yeah. My, one of my mentors, she's, she's just so incredible. She shows me, she, she actually, she's such a leader that she will demonstrate her processing of emotions in a circumstance, wow. which is really powerful. Cause it, it is powerful. 
when I can witness a leader processing emotions in a circumstance, that mm-hmm. teaches me as the mentee of yeah. how can I process emotions in a circumstance so that when I am faced with that circumstance, I'm not irrational or I'm not impulsive mm-hmm. or I know how to control them because I've been taught by some by a leader to yeah. to and I love that she does that. I mean, I have two mentors in my life that are phenomenal women. I mean, mm. just phenomenal. I mean, they've written each have written 25 40 books and they've been on stages and platforms and opportunities and yeah. uh, one of them uh, was a president of Mops International oh, if you yeah. are familiar with Mops Absolutely. she was the president yeah. for 25 years there. She shows me, she leads she leads me in how she processes her feelings. And Okay. And so it set me up for, with my team, I'm able to help my team process. It's just scary and it's not as much, um, it just takes more work. And when you're already overwhelmed with tasks and to-do lists, the the thing you want to do is compartmentalize and just say, I'll deal with that later or I won't feel that thing. And sometimes that that is appropriate. But in other times, it's an opportunity to help grow your team um, and to how they can process their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. You know, you talked about your mentor there for just a second. And and I know there was a part in the book that I, I, I absolutely love because I think that part of the growth, the, the, the growth process sometimes is borrowing the belief of others. I've often said that, you know, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of times when I've had to borrow belief from somebody else, from one of my mentors or, or a coach and and you talked about that. You talked about borrowing the belief of a friend named Jim. And yes. and I, I guess oh. how important was that in your growth journey of of you know borrowing the belief of of Jim? Oh goodness, Jim! And that uh, that story, I so I was so glad that I was able to put that story in there because Jim Vineyard, um, he messaged me randomly after I had I, had, I don't I don't know if you caught in the book his last name's Vineyard, and. Yeah probably two weeks prior to meeting him for the first time, I had prayed and I asked God if he would turn new wine into my circumstances. I was like, <laughs> and I, uh, I know, isn't that funny? It's just kind of, I mean, yeah, that's it's a good. little like, yeah. it's kind of like, ooh, but like yeah. it's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, Lord, please turn new wine into my circumstances. And then this man yeah. named Jim Vineyard messages me and he's like, he asked to meet up with me. And, you know, I think as leaders, we we can wear a mask until we are just so tired that it's like now wearing a mask is too much work. Yeah. And I was wearing a mask for a while and I knew I was really good at it. I knew how to perform in a mask, wearing yeah. a mask. And so Jim, sitting across from him, I explained, oh, I'm a visionary. So I was able to explain my vision and my dreams. And, and he's like, that's awesome. So like, you know, where are you, where are you at right now with all that? And I was nowhere. I was depressed and barely getting out of bed. Like that's where yeah. I was. Yeah. And and I told him, I eventually realized I can't wear this mask anymore. Mm. And so I took it off and I said to him, honestly, I'm tired. I'm in debt. I'm depressed. I don't know what to do with my business. I feel like an ill-equipped leader. Um, I feel like I, I just don't even know where to go. Yeah. And he had experienced um, – bankruptcy, like on the verge of bankruptcy. Um, he had experienced a divorce. He had experienced mm-hmm. and he had owned um, a business. He had a huge team that he was leading. And he just he just looked at me and he said, I know that feeling, mm-hmm. but you you can overcome this. He's mm-hmm. like, I I over I overcame our stories are are different, but our uh, resiliency and stepping into something can be the same and you can yeah. overcome this. And he just gave me that belief. And he's been mm-hmm. my friend. He's on my board of our nonprofit. Um, we have a nonprofit 
that we just launched this last year. But he's constantly just breathing life into mm-hmm. me and belief in me because yeah. we we need that. Like yeah. on the low days when we just feel like, especially if we made a huge mistake as a leader or right, right. or our hands are tied and we literally don't know what to do. We actually, yeah. or our finances or profit and loss statements are just depressing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, sure. We need somebody to give us that belief. We need to be surrounded by people like that. And he's, yeah, yeah he's been that for me over yes. and over again. It, yes. I, I almost gave up if it wasn't for him. Yeah. I almost gave up my business if it wasn't for Jim. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I, I, I've talked a lot about um, how important it is to surround yourself with really uh, good people and, and, and smart people. And, and sometimes, you know, p- people that are different than than me, so that I can be challenged. And, and I love that. Um, how important do you think it is um, for a business leader to be a part of, you know, something where they're challenged, where they they mm-hmm. have other leaders that are around them that have gone through similar, maybe different, but similar circumstances and had resilience and things like that. What you know, how important is that for you? Oh, it's so important because I think. You know, I kind of say that I think any entrepreneur or business owner or or even just somebody working in a high exec position in business or has dreams for, you know, high exec positions, yeah. um, we have to have a little bit of pride in order to believe that we are capable and able. Um, yeah. But the dangerous part is that that pride can manifest if we don't surround ourselves with people that maintain humility, help us maintain humility. Mm-hmm. And we can surround ourselves with only yes people. We can feed our ego. We can um, feed the things that fill the voids of our insecurities. And so having people around us that challenge us and encourage us and keep us humble helps us to grow as a, yeah. as a leader. And mm-hmm. for me, I had so much pride. And mm-hmm. I, I still – I think I still do. I think I think leaders do. And right, I think there's right. healthy pride. Yes. But I also think that there's an unhealthy version of pride. And I – for sure had an unhealthy version of pride. And so for me now, uh, I think, what is that book? Ego is the Enemy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan Holiday, yeah. Such a good book. It my, is a good book. One of my mentors gave that to me when I was like, when I was spiraling down. And at the time, I was like, I don't need that, which is such an ego. <laughs> it's an ego thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was like, thanks. I put it on my shelf. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, it's great. I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't have an ego. Right. <laughs> Says the person with the ego. Ego. Um, <laughs> so oh. I, I had to, but that book is a really, really good book. And yeah. um, so, and he talks a lot about like being surrounded. And so, yeah, I think being surrounded keeps you humble, but I also think it keeps you from being isolated because I think yeah. that you can become isolated in your thoughts and mm-hmm. thoughts manifest. And if nobody's monitoring what those thoughts are, they will manifest and then they will eventually become a lifestyle of how you live. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. But gosh, yeah, that's, that's so true. So um, I want to be respectful of your time. So I know we have to, you know, kind of oh, yeah. bring this, this in for so a little fun. bit of a landing, but I could go on for a long, long time because there's so much <laughs> good stuff that, you know, you, you write, wrote about in the book and, and I, uh, first of all, let's make sure that everybody knows where to get the book. So you obviously go out to Amazon, uh, where else, any, anywhere else that it can get it. Is that the best place to get, yes, place to get any it? Any major yeah, bookstore, you can find it and Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Yeah. Um, you can go to soarthloving.com slash book. Yes. And you can also go to erineddy.com slash book. 
okay. if you don't want to just search in any other places, you could just go there and those direct you to where you can order it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that I got that in before I forgot it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, 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 and speaking of, speaking of books, so like what's next for you? Like what, what, where are you growing next? I'm just kind of curious, like what, what's on your, your drawing board? Cause I know this has been a big, this is a big project writing oh, a book. Was for two, it was two years of writing, but I think it was, it was, you know, since I was, I don't know, been processing stuff since my divorce and then even after for years and years and years. So yeah, this book was a process and I accidentally re- I ex- accidentally started writing. I never thought I'd publish a book. I just yeah. was writing. Uh, writing was therapy for me. It was, um, they call it writing therapy for a sure. reason. Like my yeah. book is totally that. Oh <laughs> goodness. For good yeah. or bad, I'm not sure. Um, what's next for me in growing? You know, I think I'm just learning. I'm learning this new area, this new territory. I've mm-hmm. never been an author. I don't, and it's yeah. even hard for me to claim that because, and you know, we talked about yeah. imposter syndrome before we yeah. started. Like it's hard for me to even claim that because I know authors and I respect, I respect them so much. And I just, it's easy to compare. Um, sure. so the growing in me is, is learning this ter- new territory and like just maintaining a humble heart in it. And then, yeah seeing ways that I can just meet people where they're at with my story and with So Worth Loving's com- community. Yeah. And, um, you know, our we have a platform we launched back in October called So It's SoWorthLoving.com slash community. Okay. And we have resources like podcasts, videos. We have resources on relationships, diversity, oh, nice, lifestyle, nice. addiction, um, uh, singleness, a marriage, mm. and that we're building out a library for people to learn more about how to love themselves, treat themselves with respect and love and treat other people. So mm. I think that's like the tangible thing that I'm currently physically working on. But yeah. then the the other is – the latter is just me mentally learning a new territory of yeah. owning – having a book now. <laughs> Well, and and I think this is a this is a great example. So for the listeners that are listening in that are part of the Emerging Leader Group, uh, the Emerging Leader Inner Circle, this is getting outside of your comfort zone. What Aaron's just describing is you're getting outside of your comfort zone, aren't you? I mean, it's oh, like you you, yes. you don't know that territory. It's uncomfortable. You to even talk about that, you know that that uncomfortableness. But but mm-hmm. it's so good to be able to press into that that we shouldn't shy away from that. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I mean, it's like anything, right? It's like conflict. It's like when you have a fight with somebody and you're able to reconcile, you are more, you're closer and more, you have a deeper intimacy with them when you're able to conquer that. It's the same, it's the same thing. It's just, it just is painted a little different. When you press into the discomfort, you have a deeper intimacy of what you learn about yourself and what you're Mm -hmm. capable of. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just lean into the discomfort, but I don't want to. Sometimes. I know it does. It, it yeah, it's, that's no fun. It, it, I, I had a good friend of mine who used to tell me all the time, you know, it, just embrace the suck. Just embrace yes, the that's suck. So good. <laughs> and and, oh, and the other it. the other one was uh, it doesn't have to be fun to be fun, you know. Oh, and so, you know. I like that. Gosh, those are both so good. Those should be t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, they should actually. <laughs> Well, maybe that's the next so worth loving t-shirt. There it is. <laughs> we'll do a business line. There you go. <laughs> For leaders. <laughs> oh, that's a, hey, that's a nice idea. We should pursue that. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna catalog like that. Yeah, put that, put that on your parking lot list. That's uh, right. <laughs> well, Aaron, gosh, I am so so grateful that you you mm-hmm. came on to share, you know, some of your growth journey and um 
I, I'm really, I, I learned a lot going through your book. I really did. And, and, and it's exciting to me to see someone so willing to be able to put their growth journey mm-hmm. in, in a book. And, mm-hmm. and, and trust me when I say this, you're an author. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, you, you know, you, you wrote very well. I, I loved the book. I want to encourage listeners to go out and get the book. So worth loving. Um, because, and also I want to encourage people, this is, you know, kind of a shameless plug because I know my girls, um, have benefited from, you know, your message and your products for a while. I just want to encourage people, look, if you, if you really like, uh, resonate with this mm-hmm. so worth loving message that you are worth loving because I believe you are mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, go out to so worth loving and, you know, pick up a t-shirt, pick up some of their other yeah. products, just to be able to, to, to share that message. Because I think that that's such an important message for business leaders, for, for team leaders, for, you know, leaders everywhere. Um, I, I just really think it's a great message. Mm. Thank you so much, David. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it, let me just, uh, any, any last things that you would like to share, Aaron, uh, before mm-hmm. we wrap things up, anything that you really, that we didn't, didn't talk about? Hmm. I think it's really easy to find one thing. Yeah. One thing I talk about in the book is, um, we're as, like identifying where you find your sense of self-worth. So mm. I think as a leader, we can find our sense of worth and profit and loss statements, um, followers on social media, mm-hmm. um, how many views we get on YouTube or how effective we are with our team, um, people fire or p- people quitting us having yeah. to let go, um, how many hires we have. We just can find our self-worth and all of those types of little things. And I think over time, those things can be a slow drip to deteriorating who we are and who we're made to become, who are capable of becoming. Um, And so I just want to encourage anybody that is just kind of wrestling with, just kind of feeling beat down um, from whatever right now is happening in life. Maybe it's that your business is successful, but your your marriage is, is chaotic and hurting. And you just, you know, it's hard to balance both. I mean, you just get tired. Um, I just want to encourage you to um, seek safe and healthy people, um, the one or two people to talk to about those types of things that you're starting to find your sense of self-worth in and, um, and just walk towards, walk towards and lean into that discomfort Um, because everybody around you needs you. Mm-hmm. And everybody around around you benefits from knowing who you are and your talents. Mm-hmm. And um, you're not, you know, flawed because you have a struggle. Like that's just being human. Right. And so I just want to encourage anybody listening that's kind of in that space right now to mm-hmm. know that um, that they are absolutely worthy of love and business, worthy of love without business, worthy right. of love without a successful relationship, worthy of love with a successful relationship. Yeah. None of those things um, dictate that person's sense of worth. And so I just wanted to talk to that person. Yeah. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you did. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. Thank thank you. Um, that this is, is there's, there's so much that I know that I wanted to go into, but I, I know be, because of time, we, we, we just can't go there, but gosh, this has been so great. Um, I, I'm really appreciative, uh, Aaron, not only just of, of you uh, as a person, but your message, um, what you're doing in the world. Um, 
And so congratulations on, on the book. Um, congratulations on, Yay. you know, just continuing to, to, to grow as an entrepreneur as well. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. And thanks for listening in, listeners. I really, really appreciate your listening and um, uh, look forward to uh, the next conversation we have, Aaron. Yes, let's do it. Part two. There we go. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> wow. Aaron has a lot of energy and is so authentic. Now, I just wanted to recap just a couple of points here at the end that I think are so key for leaders and business owners, because I know that we've all struggled with these things. And um, so if, if you didn't catch it, one of the things she said that I thought was interesting is that she's a small girl from a small town and she had to overcome that small size and all of the stereotypes that uh, that come with that uh, in the in the south living in the south here in the united states and i hope you you caught what she said about um, having men in leadership that were part of the solution and not contributing to the problem i thought that was really impactful Um, she really leaned into her awareness too that that women can contribute, and and they and she realized that uh, she brings another perspective, and and so she really just leaned into that in the midst of a a male dominated situation. Also, notice the language that she used around imposter syndrome. She said, "I decided," that phrase, "I decided," to feel excited to to show why I was qualified to be there in that meeting that had previously only been open to men. I decided. Keep that in mind. Our, our language tells our subconscious what the reality is, and our, our subconscious also reveals our reality. And so I just want to remind you that you've got agency about your perspective, and, and you can decide too. So go back and listen to that part again if you have to. Now, another really key point that I thought was, that she made was um, that she almost gave up um, except that she had someone from whom she could borrow belief. She could borrow their belief. And I thought it was really important. Um, uh, it was an important part of her story, and I, I just really didn't want you to miss it. Um, I, I just get reminded again how important this is um, to, to be able to borrow someone else's belief in, in myself, in you, um, and, and actually I was reminded of this just, just this past week. Um, I was on a call with my mentor, uh, in a private call with my mastermind group. And, and he reminded us that it's so important for us all to be the best version of ourselves and show up as that version so that we can be the beacon for others who may need to borrow our belief in them. So let me ask you this question. Um, who may need to borrow your belief in them? How, who, who is it in your life that may need to borrow your belief? Just think about that for a moment because you, I'm sure you have people in your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's somebody that reports to you. Maybe it is one of your colleagues. But whoever that is, make sure that you're showing up as your best version of yourself and be that beacon so that they can borrow your belief in them. And just one practical thing, I, th- I think that you can say to people who may be struggling in that, in that area really are, are, are three things. I, I, I see the, the, the first thing is just say, saying those words, I believe in you. And when was the last time you heard that? So I'm telling you right now, I believe in you. And if you need to borrow my belief in you, 
borrow Aaron's belief in you. The second thing I would say is that you have what it takes. You have what it takes within you. And if you don't believe that, go back to the first thing that I said and and borrow my belief in you because I believe that everyone has what it takes. And then thirdly, if you're the person who's listening to someone else and, and you are listening to perhaps their hopes, their dreams, their goals, I, I just would help have you uh, affirm them with this statement. And it's a statement that I heard and received from Paul Martinelli in one of his retreats. I may have shared it here uh, on the podcast once you know before, I'm not sure. But the statement is this, I see that and I believe that in you. I see that and I believe that in you. So here's the scenario. Somebody's saying, you know, I have this goal this year of X, whatever that goal is. Your response can be, I see that and I believe that in you. Man, I'm telling you, that is so powerful. And I just wanted to, to share some of these kind of the last little tips or some of these last little um, insights that at least I heard as I re-listened to the, the conversation. I know there are many more stories in Erin's book, and I really want to encourage you to go out and, and get her book. Um, the links to it are in the show notes, and I, I hope you'll go out and, and pick up this book. And, and thanks for tuning in again. I, I do hope that you remember that you are so worth loving. And when you re- realize that, it really does change everything. So until next time, remain in the growth space and be well. 